0: Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We are happy you're here. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at The Granary Church. I haven't worn ripped jeans for a long time. And tonight I came out of my shell because I was being hacked. No, they're bad, I know, but... I've been hanging out with some young, cool, young adults. Last night, yesterday, Chapo, Isaac, Shelby, Caleb, they all taught me how to dress. I hope if this doesn't look great, it's them to be blamed. Um, In India, poor people wear ripped jeans or ripped clothes, torn clothes. In Australia, people with money wear ripped clothes. I'm not. I'm neither rich nor poor, so I'm kind of semi-half there. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Easter message. Great. (laughs) If we haven't met before, my name is Sam. I'm uh, one of the awkward pastors at the Greenery Church. It's good to meet you today if you're new of this team don't come and say hello to me say hello to Anna at the back she is amazing let's give it up for Anna no please come and say hello to me hello to me English is my third language um, this morning we had some Easter egg hunt at our place my first uh, Easter egg hunt was uh, not until 2013 2012 2013. When I was actually living with Pastor Paul West and their family. And uh, what's funny about that? (laughs) Man, that's it. That's the joke. (laughs) And uh, I was firstly introduced to the whole Easter egg hunt, and it's pretty fun. And at at Pastor Paul's house, they have this tradition where they read the Bible, uh, they read the verse from um, Luke chapter 24, and when the verse comes in, um, he is risen, and that's the key verse that you get out. And go for egg hunt, and um, and so I thought that's a cool idea. And then uh, when I have my own family, when I had, uh, I still have um, my own family, Uh, although they are not here tonight. I still love them. They uh, we did the egg hunt this morning, and my wife Shuri came up with this new um, new uh, tradition out of it. Is that you know you get those plastic uh, uh, eggs, uh, and then you put the chocolate in it. And so she bought those pl- plastic and then she put some of them with chocolate in it. And we, 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 uh, we said to our kids, when we do the keywords and when you hear the he is risen, you got to go out. But if you find an empty um, plastic eggshell, which means you have to say the keyword and you get the big Easter egg, that's massive. And it's such a disappointment when they when they all found an Easter egg actually, and then because they were all look my kids were looking for the egg that didn't had any Easter egg in it. Um, I think that I that was cool because <laughs> three years ago when we uh, when we did our first Easter egg as a family, uh, Amia was just uh, you know my eldest daughter. She's Uh, five now, and she was uh, remembering this whole gist of Easter, and uh, for her uh, third birthday, we bought some chickens, and um, my daughter literally thought when she went for Easter egg hunt that morning, she thought the chickens laid the chocolate eggs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um eh, but they're they are the retiree chicken eggs uh ch- ch- chickens, which means we we haven't bought them we, we got uh we got given by somebody else they never laid eggs so uh we we named them one as butter chicken um <laughs> the other the other one as chicken tikka, and uh they both tasted really good. <laughs> No, they died of old age. Uh, No, we didn't do that. I buried myself with my bare hands. I'm not lying True, I didn't eat them at all. Uh, But that butter chicken was something else. Um, The chicken itself. You know, names are something special. You know, when we have, uh, you know, if you're a parent here, when you have your first baby, you are coming up with this name that, that no one has heard of before. Um, our first daughter's name is Amiya, which means beloved or darling. And our second daughter's name is Isabel. And our third child's name is Peter. Um, every name has a meaning and every name uh, is so special and has, you know, we all have our nicknames or names. I love the Aussie way of uh, uh, shortening your name. My name became Samo, Sambo, Sammy. You know, you just add an A or Y to it. And you make it sound so cool, Chapo. That's the coolest name, isn't it? Chapo. Love you, Chapo. <laughs> He's going to jump off a plane tomorrow. Yes. So coming back to the uh, message, eh? Uh, get back there, get back there. Um, so, <laughs> We all have names. And, you know, we, we serve a God who is not nameless. He has a name. And we call Him Jesus. But he's not just not Jesus. He has many other names, and one of the names that we have him is called. He is the Living God. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve the creation. We serve the Creator. You know, I come from a background where I grew up in India, and where a lot of temples, a lot of religious activities happens around. Uh, idols and and uh, are worshipping dead kings and things like that. Where we don't do that because we serve a God who is alive today. And you know, um, Easter is is about us serving a living God. And um, this is one of the seven wonders of the world, Taj Mahal. Over seven uh, seven to eight million people come every each year to visit Taj Mahal and it's a beautiful love story uh, attached to it. Uh, have you ever been to Taj Mahal, anyone? Don't worry if you haven't been there, I'm going to take you through a tour right here in Australia, uh, right here in Newcastle. But this is on a 42 acre compound and uh, Taj Mahal is actually, it took about 22 years to build it. It took about 23, thousand craftsmen to come together for 22 years to craft this beautiful uh, looking uh, mausoleum. It's just beautiful. That whole architecture, the whole design of it, it's like literally jewels and special stones have been engraved into the, into the walls. All the colors that you see, it's not paint, it's actually each color unique stone. Isn't that beautiful? If you see it in real person, it just blows your mind. Um, and this has been actually built for, by, a, a uh, commissioned by the Mughal emperor. His name is Shah Jahan. And um, he built this in memory of his beloved, his favorite wife, not beloved wife, Imagine inter- me introducing my wife. Meet my, wife, my, meet my favorite wife, Shri. <laughs> I have one wife and three kids. This is actually a picture of Taj Mahal taken from the fort of Agra, um, where the red fort. The whole fort is made of this beautiful red stone. Uh, that's why it's called Red Red Fort, and this is where the King Shah Jahan was held captive by his own son. And because he couldn't go and uh, go and see uh, Taj Mahal, uh, where his wife Mumtaz has been buried, he would look through this window, and this little water that uh, that you see, on a full moon day, the wat the water would have a reflection of the moon, and the light would uh, fall onto the beautiful Taj Mahal and the whole white ivory marble just glows so beautifully, and uh, he would admire, he would love. And by the way, Taj, uh, Mumtaj passed away uh, when she was giving birth to her fourteenth child. Beautiful love story, but Taj Mahal is actually a tomb. This this is the tomb. Uh, that's uh, the the smaller one is. Uh, Mumtaz's tomb and the other one is uh, the Shah Jahan's tomb and he was buried there uh, a few years after after Mumtaz but this is this is the original tomb but when you go to Taj Mahal to see yourself you won't see the the original tomb you see a replica on top of it not only the tomb of Taj Mahal but if you go to the next picture you'll also see pyramids And on the other side, you see Mecca. You know, both of these these two places attract so much crowd. You know, Mecca, every year, you would have about 25 million people go to Mecca uh, because it's a tomb of Muhammad the prophet. And you all know about uh, pyramids, and they are uh, also a tomb. The one thing is common in every tomb is that you would lay someone to rest. It's a final resting place of the dead body. Yeah, is that, yeah, English is a funny language. I know, I said this at uh, Maitland, you know, you say psychology, but this, how do you spell psychology? With a P. Why do you say psychology? Why can't you say psychology? You know? (laughs) Make, make it easy for, you know, well, whose English is not their first language. And how do you, you know, uh, so in psychology, P is silent. Knife. K. Why don't, you, why, did, why don't you call it knife? You know, in knife, K is silent. Um, and wife. Husbands are silent. <laughs> <laughs> Us. Sorry, it kind of be a, it's it's bit of a uh, sexual. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Don't. Okay, all right, right, right. I'll 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 clear this up. I'll clear this up. Um, there's a saying. It says you know. There's no redeeming from here. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a saying. You know, practice makes a man perfect. Have you ever heard, practice makes a woman perfect? Because women are already perfect. Redeemer. (laughs) Yes. Where was I? (laughs) Tomb. We are at a tomb. (laughs) There's one tomb in the whole entire world where you go to that tomb there is no dead body in there. And that's the tomb of, no, it's not tomb of Jesus because Jesus didn't have a tomb. It was a tomb of uh, Joseph of Arimathea and in his tomb, Jesus' body was laid to rest. And that grave, out of that grave, Jesus rose. Uh, Jesus rose and he he has risen. In Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 3, we see um, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices, the spices. You all thought Corner brought spices to the world. No, spices existed way before. Uh, they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. Um, I love... In this, if we go back to the same slide, you know, there's been actually, this tomb doesn't belong to Jesus. This, As I said, this tomb belongs to Joseph of Arimathea. He's a uh, rich businessman at that time. And there's actually quite a rumors about this whole episode. In Matthew, in, in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, we see an account where Matthew explains about that there was a rumor going along back then that the disciples of Jesus have rolled the stone away and took Jesus out. It can't be true because we all know in various accounts in the Bible how his disciples were, fearf- uh, were scattered and they denied. And so, firstly, there's no way they have that courage to do that. Secondly, even though the Roman Empire, the supreme power is in Rome, if they had a soldier here at the Granary Church and if one of us went to the soldier and said, you know, if we have abused him or if he he said anything, if he did anything to him, straight away it doesn't affect just the soldier here. It would affect the whole, the Roman Empire gets challenged by it. So in those days, if the uh, disciples did come and, and attack the soldiers of Rome, which means they would have brought their own death sentence to themselves because Rome wouldn't have spared those disciples. And, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, Jesus actually was buried in a tomb that doesn't belong to him. And the reason is Jesus don't need a tomb. If you go to the uh, other other scripture, I'll I'll explain in a second. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he has risen. I like it, it says, why do you look for the living among the dead? When you go to a tomb, Oh, when people excavate, uh, archaeologists go through the t- tombs of pyramid, uh, they dig it to find something interesting. They don't dig it to s- see if the person is still alive there. They, they look for treasures. Maybe they're looking for skeletons. They're looking for remains of something. And I love that the angel says, why do you look for the living among the dead? When I think about this living... Our God that we serve didn't come to this world, die on the cross to prove to the rest of the world that He is a living God, because He was all before the whole world existed. He was there. For example, David and Goliath story. When we we all know the you know David defeating Goliath, but when he went to uh, take the food to his brothers and when he sees Goliath uh, challenging the um, Israel army, Saul's army. David goes and says, How dare you, uncircumcised Philistine, you defy our living God? So David knew that he was serving a living God already. If you go back to Moses, and we know that Moses, throughout his burning bush experience, he asked, What do you want me to go and say to your people? Who do I say who you are? And he and and God says, Say that I am. He didn't say, say I was because he wasn't a past tense. He said I am because he is already alive. And it takes me back to why does Jesus have to, why that God has to come from heaven to earth to die on a cross. He's not has done that just so that he can prove to the prove to us a point that he's a living God. He did that because he wanted to give us an opportunity. I'll, say, I'll explain it in, in a second. When we, when we go to Passover, for example, um, you know, the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed and we, we had Bob Mendelson who came and explained so well and our pastor Paul West at Maitland, he explained so well about what happens to, uh, the sacrifice had to happen, the blood had to be shed. Jesus came to this uh, we had good friday because his blood can only make us right and uh, his, his blood is can only make us clean but what he did is through his resurrective power we get to receive and experience the same power the same power that conquered the death is the same power that gives us access to do anything po- that is impossible possible do I make sense? It's that power. If Jesus didn't die and rose again, if, he di- if, if Jesus did die, that's great. That's awesome because he already died for our sins and we would have had that experience of our sins have been washed away. The lamb has been sacrificed. But because Jesus rose again, it means that when I fall, when I I when I feel like I am weak, and when I feel like I I I, have, um, I can't do anything. In that moment, I can find the same power that raised Jesus from the death. It also enables me to raise back into the same power. I think I'll explain it with a, an example. I grew up in india and uh, every time i think about my life now i i shake my head i pinch myself and i say god i don't deserve this i really don't deserve this there is no way that if you asked me 15 years ago or tw- or 20 years ago if you said sam one day you would raise a family in australia you will have a beautiful family with three kids i would say no way that's not going to possible because i grew up in a situation where socioeconomically it would have never been a possibility for me i remember going to school my parents put me in a nice school uh, because they said if we couldn't give you anything we want to give you the best education possible and so they put us in a good school uh, but the good, uh, being part of a good school or a big school, it, the problem is all the rich kids go there as well. And my parents put us in school, but they wouldn't have any money to send us ex- for extracurricular activities, uh, sports, vacations, and things like that. Even I wouldn't have the money to spend in a canteen. Um, there's this used to be this small little. Uh, canteen right next to our school. At 11.15, we would have a interval. All the kids would come up and at uh, in that moment, uh, in that break, what they would buy is, they buy samosas because what else would you buy on an interval break? <laughs> a nice hot samosa. And those samosas would be probably, what, two rupees back then, which would be like two cents, literally two cents or five cents, something like that, crazy cheap. But I would stand out there wishing that I had that five sins. And that's why I say with God all things are possible. Doesn't matter how low your situation can be doesn't matter what trouble you might be going through doesn't matter how hard your now looks like because he rose again that power enables me to access anything and everything that he offers me to and you and i have the same access to the same power because Jesus rose from the grave. He, he gives the same power. Can I ask the band to come up? He gives us that power. He gives us that access. And tonight, I don't know. Maybe you are. Your struggle is completely different to mine. Maybe you are feeling. Uh, that you are falling in the same pile of rubble every time. And you're trying to get out of it. It might be an addiction. It might be uh, a brokenness. It might be a broken relationship. It might be anything that's kind of, you feel like you're not going anywhere. Whatever that situation is tonight, I want to ask you, declare the resurrection power of Jesus on that situation. And invite Holy Spirit to come into that situation and speak life into it. Speak those words. Because He lives, He gives me that power. Because He lives, He gives me that authority. Because He lives, I too can say, all things are possible. Jesus was not the only person who was crucified. Before Jesus, there were 6,000, some crazy numbers of people were crucified. You know what What makes it different from the, the crucifixion of, uh, uh, crucifying of Jesus versus the rest of the others? Jesus' body was the only body that was taken off the cross. Every other body had to be decomposed, eaten, you know, you imagine it had to be done on the cross. I feel like God had to borrow a man's cave or a man's tube so that He can come out of that grave and give you and I the same power, the same access so that you and I can say, because He lives, I do too. Because He does, because He did, I can do as well. So this evening, I ask you, whatever it is going in your life, this Easter Easter story is so powerful because you can hand it it over to Him. You don't have to access your power. You don't have to access your um, ability. But you can simply hand over to Him. What is it that is kind of holding you back today? As every eye closed. I want to give an invitation to people who are going through the same cycle where you feel like, now nah, I've tried. I've tried every time and it, ne- it never worked. And you have kind of in a position where you have given up. But tonight I want to encourage you. Don't give up. Whatever it may be, do not give up. Maybe you have tried so far with your power, with your ability. Maybe tonight is the first step that you're taking and towards the story of this Easter and saying, Lord, I commit this situation into Your hands and I surrender, Lord, Father. And I declare your goodness over it, your power over it, your resurrective power over it, oh Lord. Here you go. I hand it over to you. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app you use to keep up to date. And when our next Sunday podcast gets released, may you have a safe and blessed week.